as we come this morning and consider God's word, there's a question that I need to ask you. I'm always asking questions. <laughs> um, but I try to ask questions that will help us to, um, it's one thing to think, but to help us to think well. Let's bow in prayer. Father, lead and guide us in our time together, and we um, just pray that as we look at your word and what it has to say to us in these few verses, help us to see it's just not a, just another message. Help us to think and to think well. Lord, I pray for each one of the saints of God and even your servant. And thank you that we have this relationship and we have a place that can take time out and be still and know that you are God. And it's a time that we can do some self-evaluations and everything else so that as we go through the presence of this day and whatever the week has, to, uh, has for us, we'll be ready because we are more than conquerors through him that love us. And all the saints said, amen. Well, um, what I wanted to look at is a passage of scripture that many of us are quite familiar with. And because you are familiar with it, um, you, you probably know the verse itself. And so we want to um, definitely uh, start off with this. And we're, um, if you look at this is, we're looking at uh, Philippians. And as we look at Philippians, the blessings of contentment. The blessings of contentment. Holy contentment. <laughs> you know, uh, I have a lot, there's a lot of folks who are saved, but they're not contented. You have a lot of folks who are saved and who are still stressed out. So we want to talk about the blessing of contentment. And um, we look at Philippians 4.11. Let's read together. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned. See that how, I, how large I made those letters? Okay, that's, I think I'm trying to say something there. Okay, All right. now, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Okay. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In every circumstances, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need. I can do all things through him, Christ, who strengthens me. Do you notice that people always quote the last verse, that last verse there? My memory verse for today is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. They don't look at the other two verses before that. Oh, did, did you graduate from the other school? Did you, did, you, did you get the other class? Did you go to the other classes? Uh, you can do all things through Christ. And then the more they're, they're stressed out, then you found out that they did not learn. And they really didn't know. And so they're in a constant cycle where they're not content. It's always, if something else, then I will be content, or this will I be content. And they're never contented. 
Yet, it was kind of you to share my troubles. And Philippians really shared with Paul, and that's why he's writing that. He says, you guys are just doing it. You're fabulous. Thank you for, for uh, supplying what I need. Um, I really appreciate it. You guys are a real blessing. But I just want to let you know about where I'm at. I'm not desperate. I learned what it means to be content. When, when you learn God's method of contentment, it strengthens you in your inner man, and you're able to do fantastic things. So in our, our introduction then, uh, question, are you contented? You know, if I use the word contented, the question is, um, I didn't say do you want to be contented. The question is, are you contented? Or make it more personal, um, I am contented. Are you really? Finish the phrase. I am contented because. Now, the first thing you do is the mirror, mirror on the wall. The first thing you need to do is be honest with yourself. Because if you're not honest with yourself, sooner or later, Everybody else picks it up. The moment that you learn to be contented, then you can sing the song, I shall not, I shall not be moved. You see? Um, being contented does not mean that everything is going well. and every, No, that is not the source of contentment. In the course of my life, there have been individuals who have, um, um, have come to my house, you know, even when it comes down to ventriloquism, you know, the guy was saying, hey, they came from Indiana and they said, listen, we want you to do this television program, and in doing this uh, television program, we will uh, do this and this, and you can get royalties off of it, and, and as he talked about all of this, he said, and I think it'll be a good deal, and I said, um, and I said to them, no, thank you. They said, why not? I said, your family, even, even after you're gone, the royalties go, keep, keep going to you. I said, I know it'll benefit you, but you see, that means if I take something on, I have to take something off. And if that means that it'll, my ministry will suffer, I really am not all that into ventriloquism. And the guys were puzzled. I mean, and I had to sit there and explain to them, and they, they walked away. And I looked, stood in the window watching them. They shook their heads. They didn't quite understand why. Because they didn't understand it wasn't what was I had in my hand. It's what you have in your heart. Got it? Well, can you state, uh, it, uh, can your state of mind withstand anything that can and will be tossed at you? <laughs> now you say, yeah, if you say I am contented, that means in my state of mind, I can take anything that is tossed at me. Uh, well, whether you like it or not, it's still going to come. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that's why in Isaiah says, when thou passest through the waters. I will be with thee, you see. Uh, it's it's going to happen to you. 
so, so, so the question is, can you stay, uh, can your state of mind withstand anything that can and will be tossed at you? Then I, I suppose another question is, is it possible for somebody, oh, come on now, is it possible for anybody to be in that state? Let's be realistic, preacher. You know. Then why do you say it? What is your burden of proof? And how do it apply to me? That's the principle that we work on. And I'll prove it. I'll prove it. Is your state of mind God-honoring? Well, with these, these questions, guess what? Um, We'll be, uh, these are the questions we ask as we uh, move to, and then the, the, the next thing is, why not? Why not? You know, it should be question marks, right? I notice the exclamation, why not? Uh, uh, why aren't these happening? Because there's a couple I was sitting with, we, all, we almost do, but the thing is, I said, is there anything I hear what you're telling me. Is there anything you're not telling me? And he said, eh. And they got real quiet. I said, is there anything? And I said, what you're not telling me is the very reason that you're here in the first place. What is it that you are not telling me? <laughs> See, I said, I've been at this too long. Don't play with me. What is it that you're not telling me? Because it's your silence that will take you in. Not what you say. You say what people want to hear. What is it that you're not saying? You see. So, uh, with some of those uh, things said and uh, clarifying our, th our thoughts for this morning, there are various types of contentment. There is relative contentment. Where things happen today is far better than yesterday. And, and, and constantly with, with this couple, they were saying, um, uh, they've, been, I've been coming, they've been coming now for about... Um, uh, eight or nine times, they were a real emergency case, an ICU situation when they came in. I told them, you all are ICU situation. Married 17 years and a mess and everything else. And I mean, just distrusted each other for that long time and everything. I mean, it was in a mess. The family was in a mess. They had come a long ways. And finally, you know, they, they have, because um, uh, they had to keep the um, tissue paper, I mean, you know, tissue right in front of them because always crying. I don't have to bring out the tissue, praise the Lord on the tissue. Things are going fine. They're holding hands every now and then. And, she, and here's what they said. said. My daughter said, Mom, why are you all going to counseling? Things are so well. Things are going so good. The daughter was saying, I'm contented. Where is that? And I said, you go back and ask her. Do you want something good or do you want the best? Say, if you enjoy the good right now, then hang with me as we work toward the best. Okay. Some of us have relative contentment. No. You see, these are long, long, long as I had Jesus. No, yeah, until something happens, you see. Relative content, it gets a little better, but it's not real. But but I'll I'll just take this. The Lord said, "No, you don't have to settle for that. Don't you understand? You are a child of God, a royal priesthood. Angels are assigned to you. Do you understand who you are? 
and that with, his, with this he have given you contentment? That he tells you to rejoice in the Lord what? Always. Again, I say what? Rejoice. And then you have restrictive contentment where we establish a wall or bubble which we are able to control all the, all the time, at all times. And that restrictive contentment. I'm going to make sure I'm contented because I'm not going to let anything get in. Make sure it doesn't mess up my world. Um, and so we talk about restrictive contentment. Well, redefining contentment. When we realize that God is in complete control of every e event in our life and has placed character builders to ensure our continual growth. When we realize that everything God had built in, he's managing it, and all we have to do is trust him as we go through the good times and the valleys. The good times and the valleys. You see, what we don't like is the valleys. And you're saying, Lord, I don't like this. I, say, I know you don't. you don't. Stay there because you're going to learn while you're going through the valley so that when somebody else is going through, you can disciple them. Okay, and so, uh, and so what happens is we have unrealistic expectations of salvation. I get saved and everything is going to be beautiful. And the Lord says, where do you see that? If they don't like me, they're not going to like you. If they won't listen to me, they won't listen to you. You can be in a crowd and talking to individuals and three individuals hear while the rest don't hear anything. Nothing. Nothing. Isaiah said, Lord, who will believe uh, our report? <laughs> Nobody. You just keep talking in a way. Well, let's go forward, forward, forward then. I'll outline real quickly. In his letter in Philippians, Paul gives us a glimpse of what true contentment looked like in his life. Number one is what? It's a learning experience. Two, it's a leveraging experience. And three, it's a leaning experience. It's a, a learning, a leveraging, and leaning experience. When it, when it comes down to contentment in my, my life, uh, then I have to understand something. You are not born being contented. You know, babies, the babies will teach you that. The way that they are content first is you serve, I don't care how tired you are, I'm hungry, you best serve me, and then when I'm contented, you'll be contented. But until then, listen to this. Wow! <laughs> okay. And those parents, they begin up in the middle of the night, and you know, you're begging them, please go to sleep. And everything. They said, I'm not contented, but until I am contented, you will not be contented. And so, so then, uh, contentment is a learning experience. We have to teach them, and first we have to learn. <laughs> We're still learning. Praise the Lord. Um, so, it says, uh, it's a learning experience, so let's go right to it. And we go to, to that particular verse. And he says, Philippians 4, 11, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have what? 
learn. In whatever situation I am to be content. Why was contentment so necessary for Paul? One, it enabled him with clarity of mind to think on his feet in crisis, in the crisis situation. Two, it enabled him to experience the effects of life that has hope. And it enabled him to become skilled at looking up and forward and, and not downward and backwards. You see, when I'm contented, I start looking forward and up to God, to the future, instead of downward and all the things that people have said to me. And whenever you start looking back at all the things that people have done, it's slowing you down. Stop it. Look up. I look to the hills for which coming by help. Look forward because every day is a blessing. Every day God has something for you to grasp. Don't miss the day because you kept looking in, uh, back at yesterday. God help us not to do that. And so, um, and so it enabled him to become skilled at looking up and forward. Um, Enabled him to impact others who would be impacted by his life. You see, that's how I'm able to impact others because I'm not looking back. I'm looking forward. The, the, the encouragers are those who, who talk about going forward. Not all the things that happen to you and, and ah, nah, 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 nah. That's, that's more weight. You keep looking back and you're burdened. Paul says, I have learned. There's, there's a point where I need to start looking up and forward instead of back and downward because if I start doing that, I can't do both of them and move. That's called an oxymoral situation, a rock in a hard place. I can't do it. And you find folks who are stuck. And there are others, the, the, the serious ones, are those who are stuck and won't say anything about it, nor get any help. That's serious. That's serious. So enabled him with clarity of mind to think on his feet in, in a crisis situation, enabled him to experience the effects of, of a life that has hope, enabled him to become skilled at looking up and forward, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, enabled him to impact others who will be impacted by his life. Can you imagine Paul? One, this is one man. One man, Paul, affected Asia. Not, not a town. Asia. I mean, and Paul, I don't care where Paul was, he made sure that if I'm in Caesar and I'm bound and everything else, and you locked to me, do you know Jesus? See, I may lock up, but I'm free in Jesus. See, you locked to me and you're not saved. Who's in the best shape? I can imagine the guy said, My, says, you're turn to watch and watch out. Man, Paul going to be talking to you about Jesus and everything. And Paul affected the, that whole area, even with un, in the Roman Empire. Paul was doing all of this because he didn't let what happened to him in the past affect. He stayed with the plan. He knew what needed to be done. And he stayed on fire. And everybody who got next to them were lit on fire or burned up. 
And that's what God says. That's what I want all of you all to be. I want you to be like a California fire. I want you to spread all up and down the coast. Burn everything. Burn it, burn it, burn it, burn it, burn it. I want you to burn it with the gospel. Okay. Well, question. Are you contented? Paul answered this with the key word, learned. If you haven't learned how to be contented, then you are image managing. You're trying to share with others what you're not. Stop it. Don't give them the six-point plan of this and this and that. No. The only contentment that a person can have is first starts off with Jesus in their hearts. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then it says what? All these things shall be added to you. Not might. Added. Added. Lesson one then. Contentment must be uh, learned, not earned. We have, we have to go through the process in order to develop and declare the desired results. So that's our first lesson. I think it's important that we uh, do that. Uh, so let's let's move on to our, to our number two. So our number two is it's an experienced uh, uh, leverage, and he said this. He said, <clears throat> "I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any in every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty, and hunger, and abundance." And need. Anyone here uh, there yet? <laughs> uh, say, well, let's see. I, I grew up in a poor neighborhood. Do you think that kind? No, 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 no. I mean, have you trusted the Lord? In other words, have you trusted the Lord in every situation? And you like that bunny. You're still moving and not letting anything slow you down. If so, what stopped you? If you had the power of God in you, the Holy Spirit uh, on your behalf, what, what stopped you? He said, I have learned. He said, because I know how. He said, I, because I learned. I, he said, notice this word, this word um, right here. Uh, he says, I know. See, the two times he says, I know, I know, and I've learned. I gnosko, I gnosko. I gnosko, I come to realize no experience, and now it becomes a part of me. Whenever you have learned, now in school it's called transferable concepts, where what you know, you now can transfer to others. If you have not learned it, you cannot pass it on to others. You can't disciples to someone you don't know anything about. You see what I'm saying? But if you know, then what you know you share. Observation. Paul started the benefits of being, um, shared the benefits of being under the tutorship of the Holy Spirit. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. See, he wasn't going through this by himself. Remember, the Holy Spirit is, is walking right alongside of him. I know I have learned how to learn the secret of facing uh, plenty and abundance or hunger 
or need. It says, can you state, can your state of mind withstand anything that life can and will be tossed at you? Remember when I tossed that earlier? Paul said, I did. And Paul is no special than you are. He says, Paul is saying, if I can do it, you can do it. We have the same Holy Spirit. We have the same word of God. All we have to do is make ourselves available. And Paul's turning point was on that road to Damascus when he was um, uh, you know, persecuting the, the Jews. And the Lord knocked him down and he says, why, Paul, Paul, why, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Lord, who are you? But once the Lord made it clear who he was, it was a new day. It was a new normal. And so he says, and, and in knowing Jesus, he didn't become the, the top Pharisee and all these other things. He, he went through all of this. Paul had to be shipwrecked. Snake bite. I mean, he's, all he's doing is getting some snake jumps out of the fire. Didn't bite anybody else but Paul. <laughs> he said, Lord, Lord, really? I mean, really? <laughs> this too, you know. Uh, a snake talked to Eve. I had to be bitten. Come on, Lord, you know. But, he, the, but the snake bite got the confidence of the chief, and the impact of him being there on that island was tremendous. Many got saved. He went through the storms, and he knew exactly what it was, what it was all about. But through it all, he keeps saying, and the voice of the Lord, oh, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord was with me through the whole process. And, and if, if not anything else you don't hear this morning, whether you accept it or not, the Lord is committed to you, and he's with you through the whole process. You know thing that probably breaks his heart? <laughs> for you not to recognize that or to stop to thank him for it. Lesson two. This has to be learned to... Um, Learn, learn to reap the benefits and taught to uh, be a blessing to others. So as you learn this, then now you're able to be a blessing to others. So we come to the last one then. You've been very patient. And with, with the last one is, it's a leaning experience. What type is it? It is a, that keeps you from having a big head, okay? <laughs> it's a leaning experience. Now, when we're talking about leaning experience, here's what Paul has to say. Let's read it together. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Now, I put Christ in there because this is an ESV, and it says through him, but, it, but it's other translation says through Christ. So I want to make sure that we're right on target. So it says through Christ who strengthens me. I, I, I think that's so, so important. That's after he said, I, I can, I've been hunger and all these other things. He says, I've gone through the whole thing. I've learned it. I come out summa cum laude. He says, and here's what I'm saying now that I'm equipped. See, this is what an equipped person says. I can do all things through Christ. The one that don't know too much, see, going to say that before it happens. Or oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. All the person had to do is, is um, 
say the wrong thing to you and, and your day is ruined. <laughs> and the Lord says, excuse me, <laughs> get it together, get it together. <laughs> let's, get, let's get back on the road here. <laughs> um, there's a lot to be done, a lot of life to impact. Clarity. I can do all things to him. Conviction. I can do it. Commitment. Confidence. These are the things when it comes down to this whole idea. Um, because I've come out of that school, summa cum laude, I have clarity, conviction, commitment, confidence. Because when, I, when you hang out with God, you don't walk out a weakling. It's when we don't get into the word. When even today, today will measure where you are spiritually. Watch it. See the level of our ears, what we listen to, where our desire is. You take the test. It'll only be between you and the Lord. And then when you come to the end of your test, if you didn't quite make the grade, do you at least be honest with the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to learn. And guess what? We have the Holy Spirit who is the teacher. They say, well, I've been here all the time. Let's get busy. And, and once, once he's there, once, once you really start, you start, some, one of the things you start to experience is a consistent joy in the Lord. A consistent, not haphazard, a consistent joy in the Lord. Philippians 4, uh, 14, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. He, he was still sensitive to him and said, thank you guys, I really appreciate the things that you did for me. Now, as we, um, one last thing, and that is uh, this materialistic world we live in is trying every, uh, everything with every means to gain uh, contentment, and the re results are short-lived and limited. There are, there are television shows where you look at the millionaires and, um, and their lifestyles and everything else. They know nothing of poverty. Um, getting two homes, uh, the various homes, what have you, and how it's laid out. Uh, I mean, it's whatever you want to wish. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful on the outside, but it does not mean that they have peace on the inside. And guess what? It's all time sensitive. It all wears out, and it goes away. And the Lord is saying to the saints, don't build your castles in a war zone. This is not your home. Well, don't the Lord want me? I tell you what the Lord wants you to do, walk with him. That's what he wants you to do. The blessings of contentment can only be found in God. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Are you contented? Why not? What's troubling you? See, whatever is troubling you makes you irritated. When you become irritated, how you respond to people and things. You go into another world. You go into this swirl. 
and, and you're not as creative because you're trying to stabilize your world and God is saying, no, 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 no. I'm the stabilizer. I'm the specializer. This is on God specializes. So as we do this and we bring it to a close, if Paul was here, he'd say, hey, I can tell you all the experiences I've gone through. He says, but one thing I do, he says, I press toward the mark of my high calling. And my, my challenge to you, my prayer for you, oh God, help us to learn how to be contented. I'm not looking for 100% of you to even hear me on this. But if any of you hear me and you apply it, go back to Philippians. The benefits that Paul had, the lives that he touched, the peace that he had, you too will experience it. It's not exclusive for Paul. There's room for you too. I'd like to pray for you. Father, thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for your word and what it has to say uh, to your servants. Thank you for our time together. Contentment. If we're going to stay with the plan, we can't do it if we're uncontented. We're not contented, Lord. We're not contented. We have to be contented. We have to have a fixed mind. We have to know our place and do exactly what we're told. For the time is almost here for you to come back for the church. May you find us in the midst of all that's going on, the politics, all that's going on, that we'll still be standing. And we'll still be lights to a dark world that do not know you. Help us, Lord, to keep things clear that we may be consistent. We praise you for your word. We praise you, Lord, for all that you're doing in and through our lives. I pray, Lord, that um, this morning as we leave, that a statement may be on some of the hearts. Lord, I want to learn. I'm putting in my application. I'm already saved. I know you died for me on the cross of Calvary. But I still got this flesh that want to do what it wants to do. I'm in a world that's topsy-turvy. And Lord, I want to learn from the person that can only give it contentment. I pray for the congregation. I pray for your servant. Lord, help me to get me out of the way. That the things I do is for the purpose of making you look good. 
And we'll be careful to give you the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. And all the saints said,